What up, world? It's your pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is the latest installment of the Locked On Blazers Countdown to Training Camp. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers. Look at how they performed last season. We'll talk best case and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year and finish the episode with a discussion of expectations and likely role. This is our 11th installment of the countdown. So if you've missed any, check your podcast feed and start catching up. Today, we're talking everyone's favorite 20-year-old, Amphrey Simons. So let's get into it with a recap of his 2018-2019 season. As a rookie, Amphrey Simons kind of didn't do much. He appeared in 20 games, but the last game, which obviously we'll get into, kind of skews his stats. So let's take the first 19 appearances first, and then we'll go with game 20 after that. So in the first 19 games, uh, Anthony Simons played 93 total minutes from game 1 to game 81. During that time, scored 38 points. Went 15 to 42 from the floor, 13 excuse me, three of 18 from three. He grabbed seven boards, dished out four assists, committed nine turnovers, did not have a steal or a block, also committed seven fouls. And the Blazers were outscored by 57 points in those 93 minutes. He was a teenager, and he looked like a teenager for almost every bit of his first NBA season. But let's get into the details. His NBA debut came on October 30th when he played the final minute of a 19-point win at Houston. 59 cool seconds for our boy, Amphrony. He had zero stats, only minutes. It's the only thing that showed up in the box score. His first bucket came two nights later. Uh, it was a home win over New Orleans on November 1st. He had a mid-range pull-up with about minute 15 to go. And then there was this brief period where Amphrony Simons was going to be part of the regular rotation. Seth Curry got hurt in mid-November, and the Blazers were still kind of figuring out who was going to fill those minutes off the bench. Uh, Simons got his chance. He played the first game that Curry missed. He played uh, 13 minutes and 25 seconds. He just wasn't very good. He did score seven points, but he was three of seven from the field. Uh, and, And the Blazers struggled in that game. He had a couple other chances to play in the regular rotation uh, against the Wizards and against the Bucks, but neither of them went particularly well. Uh, that that T-Wolves game was the game where he looked closest like an NBA player, for sure. Uh, and especially that Bucks game, the Blazers lost by 43. Uh, that, that wasn't a night that anyone wants to remember, certainly not Ant. But beyond those three games where he did get sort of regular regular minutes, like, you know, he would come in in the second quarter, he'd play in the first half of games that were still in the balance, he didn't really get any other regular season appearances except at the end of blowouts. Uh, and, and in those games, he was largely unremarkable. He was smooth, maybe, with his pull-up dribble, and he had a big smile, but he was clearly not, like, a good NBA basketball player. Then there was game 82. A game that kind of, in its own funny way, shifted the course of the league. Um, You'll recall that the Blazers played only six guys. They basically split time between Myers Leonard and Zach Collins, but beyond that, it was just Simons, Gary Trent Jr., Jake Lehman, and Scalabissier. 
Simons, Lehman, and Gary Trent played 48 minutes. Myers played 42. Scow played 40, almost 41. Zach Collins gave a cool 13 minutes. They basically played five dudes for an entire NBA game. They were, depending on who you ask, either trying to aggressively lose and end up with the four seed and avoid Oklahoma City or wholly committed to rest. I believe they were trying to lose. Some in the Blazers organization have insisted that it was rest. It was only a rest-based decision. I don't believe it. But that sets the stage for what is became one of the truly bizarre games in Blazers history. And Anthony Simons was a huge, 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 huge part of it. He had 37 points on 13 of 21 from the floor. He had 7 of 11 threes and 4 of 6 free throws. He grabbed 6 rebounds. He had 9 assists and just 2 turnovers. That's really the wild part about his game. Played 48 minutes, had just 2 turnovers with the ball in his hands, playing point guard essentially every single minute. The Blazers were down 28 just before halftime. They went at halftime down 25. And then the Kings stat, sat their starters for the second half. Um, this was... Truly a wild game, an unforgettable performance that came out of nowhere. Uh, if you turned on the game in the middle of the third quarter, the Blazers were still down 18. And then Simons just pulled him back. I mean, Scal was really, really good in that game, and I'll give him his due when we do his um, little player profile. But but Anthony was the star in this game. This was his breakout game, and sort of a moment where even when he struggled and he couldn't really stop the King starters in the first half, he was still scoring, and then with the way he scored and got things going in the second half, he just looked, we just hadn't seen him play at this level. And sort of all the rumors, the whispers that you heard behind the scenes from Blazers vets, that like, this kid can play, this kid can play, you kindly, you finally had some, some real on-court minutes to say, you know what, they're right, this kid can play. The thing I'll always remember from that game is Amphrey Simons left the arena holding the box score. Uh, you know, everyone came and met him in the locker room, got excited, and they gave, they gave him... The teenager at the time, the box score, so he could leave the arena with a little gift. Simons played a little bit in the playoffs too. Not meaningful minutes, but he did play. He had some appearances, but he still wasn't part of the rotation. Uh, that game 82 was kind of the just a chance for him to show what he could do, not uh, try out for some larger role. He also went to Summer League. Young guys go to Summer League. It made sense that Anthony was going to go to Summer League. And it was a chance for him to show out and be really good. I'm not sure he totally did that, but when he was really good, he was fantastic. So opening game of Summer League, the Blazers looked terrible. Everyone played poorly. Uh, He had 15 points, 5 of 14 from the floor. They played the next night a back-to-back to to open Summer League. Fun times there in Vegas. He had 16 points, 6 of 11 from the floor, but he did turn the ball over 6 times. He He wasn't really point guardy in that one. Summer League's a little chaotic, though, so judging guys by stats, I don't want to read too much, too much into it. And then in Game 3, the third game of the Blazers' Summer League, he went nuts. Anthony Simons had 35 points on 13 of 18 shooting, he had 6 of 7 threes, grabbed 6 rebounds, had 2 assists, and then he sprained his ankle in the final seconds of that game, and the Blazers said, we're cool, we've seen enough, they shut him down for the remainder of Summer League. The Simons hype train by that point was barreling full steam ahead. It only got louder and faster this summer. Let's talk a little bit about that in the next couple segments. But Simons is going to play in year two. So what I want to talk about in the second segment is what is the best case scenario for a 20-year-old guard with less than 150 minutes of NBA experience heading into a season where he's expected to have a real role. And what's the worst case scenario? 
for a guy with limited experience, just like him. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you guys about Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, MacWeldon.com. Check it out. Okay, we talked Anthony Simon's rookie season, which was... For a guy whose hype as loud as it is, for a guy who people seem to think is ready to take the big the next step, it was kind of quiet. Other than the one game where he went nuts that you won't forget, he he kind of didn't do anything. But he's going to do stuff this year, good or bad, and that's what I want to talk about here, is his best case and worst case scenarios. Uh, the caveat to begin this segment is the one that I've done. Uh, for all of these player profiles, is that these are best-case scenarios within reason and worst-case scenarios without injury. Not talking MVPs unless the dude is going to compete realistically for the MVP award, and we're not talking about players' bodies breaking down because that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about what happens on the court. So what's the best case for Anthony Simons? The best case for Anthony Simons is that Neil Olshay is right. Let me play you a little clip from Neil this summer at uh, on draft night. Uh, the Blazers had just drafted Nazir Little, and uh, someone in the media asked, a media member asked about the Blazers' development program and how are they still confident that they can kind of develop guys behind the scenes. And unprompted, Neil launched into this, talking about Anthony Simons. Again, not the subject of the question or someone who had been drafted that night, but Neil just couldn't help himself. Take a listen. I think you guys will see that um, kind of a remarkable transformation of Anthony. You know, it's kind of all coming together for him. I mean, he's he's as talented as anyone we've ever drafted since I've been here uh, in terms of nat- just natural gifts. I mean, he's not the player Damon CJ was, but in terms of just natural God-given basketball ability, Anthony's as gifted as anybody I've ever drafted. So, um, you know, we're expecting big things from him, and I don't want to heap too much pressure on him, but... When we watch him on a daily basis, we say things, you know, you guys just don't have the luxury of having that kind of access. And I cut Neil off because he's kind of filibustering about uh, Nazir Little and what media members can see. But the best case scenario for Amphrey Simons is that Neil's right, is that he's the best basketball player Neil Olshay has ever drafted. The guy who drafted Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Eric Bledsoe and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. That Anthony Simons is that. Now, I don't think Anthony Simons is going to be that next year. And I don't think any best case scenario involves him being an all-star level player. But the best case for the Blazers and for Simons in year two, his first year, having a real role, is that he's ready to go and ready to play, and that he is an NBA-level contributor right off the bat. The Blazers have cleared the blocks for him to play. They've gotten rid... They didn't sign a backup point guard. They've gotten rid of guards in front of him. They only really added one guard to the roster this summer in, in Kent Bazemore. They have created room for him to play as the third and fourth guard off the bench, or, excuse me, in the rotation. So the best case is that he's ready, is that the sweet shoot, the the quick crossover and the sh- sweet shooting stroke we saw very brief glimpses of as a rookie comes in and is real in year one. The best case scenario is that 
He can play in a three-guard lineup next to Damon CJ, that he can play with the Blazers' two best players. And the best-case scenario is that instead of remembering Game 82, it becomes part of the legend, and not the only story you know about Amphrey Simons, but part of his larger story for a guy who had a breakout season, came sort of out of nowhere, and is another one of these Neil Olshay scoring guard draft picks, the type of player he seems to really be able to scout that works out and can just go get buckets in the NBA. The best case for Amphrey Simons is that he's ready to go, because the Blazers certainly think he's ready to go. What's the worst case for Anthony Simons? I think it's pretty simple. It's that he needs more time. It's that 135 NBA minutes couple summer league action and a bunch of really impressive moments behind the scenes in the gym don't translate to him being an NBA player yet. The worst case is that, like a lot of 20-year-olds throughout the country, throughout the universe, Anthony Simons isn't ready to play big minutes on a playoff team. And that worst-case scenario kind of has a domino effect. It means that The Blazers have to put Kent Bazemore at shooting guard a bunch. And that Bazemore is the guy soaking up 25 minutes off the bench. It means that Mario Hazonia has to slip down in that backup small forward spot because the Blazers need two wings to come off the bench to help. And it means that now the Blazers, who are already a little bit thin and confusing at power forward, have to fill in behind Simons at spots they're thinner at and spots they're worse at. The worst case for Amphrey Simons is that when the Blazers roll him out there, he doesn't look like the Game 82 smooth shooting ace. He looks like a rookie or someone who just doesn't have NBA experience trying to still figure out how it works. The other worst case for Simons, and I don't know if this is worst case, but it has to belong in this section regardless, is that he's not a great fit next to CJ McCollum. I think the Blazers are going to play, and I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll talk about this more in the the third segment. But I think Simons and McCollum are going to spend a lot of time together as a backcourt with on the bench unit. And I think that worst case scenario is that that duo just just doesn't work together. We don't have enough. We haven't seen them play enough together. We haven't seen Simons Simons play enough at all to really make any judgments. But the worst case scenario is that he's a weird fit with CJ, which means that he has to play more of his minutes with Damian Lillard, which means you have to tweak the rotation to find how Simons can fit in. And he doesn't seamlessly just integrate into that, here's how we do the second unit, here's who plays when Dame sits. Now we've reached what I have termed caveat corner. It's where I tell you that the best case scenario is one end of the pole and the worst case scenario is the other end. These are polarities, not predictions. Simons is likely to fall somewhere in the middle. He's probably not a breakout star. He's probably not this 17-point-per-game scorer, best player Neil's ever drafted, so obviously day one. You know, on it'd be I'd be surprised if on Halloween you're talking about Anthony Simons having already a 30-point game in the league or something. That's the best-case scenario, right? And the worst-case scenario that he just isn't ready, he might not fall to that far end of the spectrum. So the caveat, like a lot of these guys in their sort of um, physical prime, which I'm not sure, obviously Simons isn't in yet, but he's he's not a sort of 
way too old or not quite ready. He's somewhere in the middle there. Is that he's going to land somewhere in the middle of his best case scenario and worst case scenario. He's probably not going to be a breakout star and he's probably not going to be a dud. He's probably going to be a guy in the NBA who has strengths and weaknesses. But if he's a guy in the NBA, I think it's a good deal for the Blazers. If he's a dude who can play, I think the Blazers will be in a good spot. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. What should we expect from Anthony Simons? We know sort of that the crazy predictions that he's ready to take off and he's, you know, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard combined all their best parts with, you know, a cool haircut and a great smile. But like, what is what what should we expect from Anthony Simons? That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. All right, welcome back. Still locked on Blazer, still Mike Richmond. We're still talking all things Anthony Simons. We gave a rundown of his 2018-2019 rookie season. We talked best case and worst case scenarios. Now we're going to talk like what's realistic. I want a realistic role, realistic expectations in his first real season as a as a rotation player. And that's where I want to start. He's going to play. I expect him to play more than 20 minutes a night from day one. One of the things the Blazers did this summer is they cleared the deck for certain guys. They cleared the deck so Zach Collins can play power forward, and they cleared the deck so Anthony Simons has a real and consistent role off the bench. And he has a real and consistent role off the bench because they don't have a lot of other options behind him. They are betting on him to be part of the plan, and he will be part of the plan early on. I don't expect him to play straight-up backup point guard either. I alluded to this a little, but let me just make it clear. I expect CJ McCollum, and if you listen to my player profile on CJ, you can go back in your in your uh, podcast feed if you haven't, but I talked about, I think he moves back to that role he had two and three seasons ago where he was the de facto backup point guard on the bench. I think that happens again because getting the ball in CJ McCollum's hands more is better for the for the team generally speaking, particularly when Dame's not in the game. Having CJ have the ball in his hands is beneficial. And I don't think Anthony Simons right now at this stage is a true point guard, point guard in the league. I'm not sure he ever gets there. He might always be an off-guard type player. Sort of the criticism of CJ McCollum. Things have turned out okay for him. So I think Simons spends a lot of his time, perhaps even the majority of his minutes, is my expectation, as a two-guard on the second unit playing next to C.J. McCollum. Obviously, injuries and yada, yada, yada changes those things, but all, you know, we're not talking injuries on this podcast. We're talking assuming everyone's healthy type of role. I think he's your backup two-guard, and I think he plays about 24, 25 minutes a night. That would be a huge jump. A huge jump, considering he never even hit 15 minutes in his rookie season. My other expectations for Anthony Simons is that right now, September 19th, 2019, as I record this, the Blazers are, you know, working out of the practice facility pre-training camp. But right now, Anthony Simons could go score in the league. I expect him to have no problems offensively. I think he can get his shot off against NBA defenders. I think he can get to his spots against NBA defenders. I think he has range. I think he has just a really impressive functional athleticism to get himself in the paint through contact. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can Google his crazy highlight dunks from practice. He's he's an athlete. He's a shooter. I think offense is not a problem. My expectation is that he can score right now. And when he steps into the league, he'll be someone who can score right away. 
My other expectation is that he's really going to struggle on defense. I don't think he's big enough frame-wise to guard a lot of twos in the league. I think he can get away with it most nights against backup twos, but I think there's going to be nights when certain teams' rota- rotations are a certain way that he gets matched up against guys he can't stop. In the very little bit we saw him go up against NBA players, he had no chance against De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to struggle on defense. That might sound like hateration and holleration. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. But I think it's just the reality of being 20 years old and being, having a frame like Simons has. I think he's going to be a real contributor on O and maybe a real liability on D. Those are my reasonable expectations. He's going to play. He's going to get buckets. Might give up buckets on the other end. Do I expect him to be like a most improved player type? One, no, because guys who are in year two should not be eligible for most improved player. I know De'Aaron Fox got a a lot of love for that last year, but I don't think that's how it should work. I just expect him to be a scoring guard off the bench in the NBA at age 20. That's probably a bigger accomplishment than people are giving it credit for. But the Blazers... They believe he can do it. Like I said, they cleared the decks for this to happen. Neil is betting on his draft picks. On Zach, and on Anthony, and on Damon CJ to carry the rest of the load. Anthony Simons is the most exciting player on this roster, because if he's good, if Neil's right, what an incredible jolt he's going to bring to this team. Another pure scorer, someone to carry the load when... Uh, Damon CJ don't have it going, and as much as Hassan Whiteside might fill the void for uh, Yusuf Nurkic, he's just not as good as him and not as good an offensive player as Yusuf Nurkic. They're going to need points from somewhere else. Obviously, they're betting on Rodney Hood doing a little bit of that and uh, Kent Bazemore shooting, making up for some of that, but if Simons pops like the Blazers think he's capable of, he changes this team's trajectory, he changes this team's ceiling so dramatically I know they're thinking championship inside the practice facility in Tualatin. They've already mentioned it a couple times in the offseason. And if Simons is that good, he changes this team from intriguing, tough playoff out to a team that you should stru- you could consider winning a title. That might be too much to put on him. I feel a little bit bad about saying it out loud. But if he's as good as they think he is, He is really going to shake up this roster. He is the most intriguing, most exciting part of this season for me. And I bet he's the most intriguing, exciting part of the season for you. That's why I'm so excited. The season starts in 10 days, or at least training camp does. I'm going to see them play real basketball. Well, preseason basketball isn't real basketball, but it's close to it. In less than two weeks, get to see what Simons can do with a real role, real minutes, and a new jersey number. Going to be wearing number one like Penny. Really appreciate guys listening. We got more of these player profiles to go. I'm going to close out strong with the three remaining roster guys. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. That's on Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Check back next week for more Locked on Blazers. We got more player profiles coming. And then we're going to switch it up and start talking about real basketball when the season starts. I'm excited. Hope you are too. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.